welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one radiant page of Talmud every day, but not today. Today, we bring you not one, not two, but three radiant pages of Talmud because it is Monday morning if you're listening to this in real time, and we are about to go on Rosh Hashanah break. We're about to celebrate. We're about to experience. We're about to bask in the holiness and the glory of Rosh Hashanah. So how fortunate are we to have a very special series of Dapim, of Talmudic pages, to sustain us for the next three days, asking the seminal question of the hour. What should you feel on Rosh Hashanah? Have a listen. The Gemara relates, Ravina set before Avashi on the two festival days of Rosh Hashanah, which occurred that year on Thursday and Friday. Lucky them. Ravina observed that Rav Ashi was sad. He said to him, why is the master sad? He said to him, because I did not prepare a joining of cooked foods, and therefore I cannot prepare food or light a candle on Rosh Hashanah for the upcoming Shabbat. When a festival immediately precedes Shabbat, a joining of cooked foods is prepared before the festival with ready-to-eat food. It is kept until Shabbat, symbolically indicating that any food prepared on the festival for Shabbat is merely a continuation of that initial preparation, a wonderful segue to thinking about what we should be feeling, what should our emotional, mental, spiritual state be on this year, era of Rosh Hashanah, the eve of Rosh Hashanah. And, and when we tackle questions of emotion, of faith, deep, complicated issues, I don't know about you, but for my money, there's only one man capable of unlocking the mysteries of the universe my friend and teacher and yours, the one, the only, Rabbi David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? Leah, what an absolute joy to be here today. And there's something incredibly special when the cadence of the calendar and of your life is in sync with the Dafyomi cycle. It feels like it's that spiritual singularity we finally <laughs> reached. It's amazing. So tell us, as we have reached the singularity, the question is urgent. What should we feel? So I looked at this passage of Talmud, and I asked the following question. Rosh Hashanah, as far as I know, is the day of judgment. It's this day where it's the beginning of the new year. We blow shofar. It's a serious day. And in this passage of Talmud, we have a rabbi sitting down feeling sad. And if you were to ask me, I would say, well, that doesn't seem so unusual. Feeling sad is probably a correct emotion and feeling to have on this serious day. It's a somber day, I thought. But in this passage of Talmud, the other rabbi walks up to him and says, wait, why are you so sad? Seemingly bewildered and befuddled that someone would feel sad on such a serious day, which is an indication to me that the foundational feeling, the emotion that underlies the day of Rosh Hashanah is actually not supposed to be sadness. It is, in fact, supposed to be an element of joyousness and sweetness and excitement. And the question I'm left with, if we are to believe this incident in the Talmud, that this rabbi is like, wait, why are you, why are you feeling sad? And he didn't respond because it's Rosh Hashanah, that Rosh Hashanah is this day of happiness and joy. But why are we feeling joyful if it is 
you know, this day of element of judgment, of coming before God, like we read in the liturgy. How can you feel joyful when, when something called the Book of Life is being cracked open? Exactly. And I think to understand this, the lens that I would share is actually from this strange custom that is nearly universal, whether it's in any Jewish home, regardless of their affiliation and observance, and even Hallmark knows it's true, is in the imagery of Rosh Hashanah, we have certain images that we have taken for granted. We have the shofar. We know about the shofar. We blow that on Rosh Hashanah. We also know about honey, which is all about sweetness. But the question that I would ask is, what about the apple? If you notice on Rosh Hashanah, on any Rosh Hashanah card, we always dip the apple into the honey. And the question is, why an apple of all things? You know, the honey represents sweetness, but the custom to specifically use an apple is an ancient one. And why specifically an apple? And to understand this, there is an absolutely beautiful idea that is said by the Vilnagon, which takes us back to a story in the beginning of the Torah when our forefather, Yaakov, or Jacob, goes in to steal the blessings, so to speak, from Esav, from his brother. And... He comes in, and in order to trick his father Isaac, Yitzchak, he puts on the clothing of his brother Esav. And if you're familiar with the story, it's in the 27th chapter of Genesis. He comes in wearing the clothing of Esav, these like furry hunter clothing, so he can deceive his father and make it clear that he that he maybe can obfuscate and make it clear that he is Esav and he's the one who should get these blessings. And when he walks in, Yitzchak says, I smell the smell of your clothings. They smell like a beautiful orchard. And Rashi, on the spot, based on the Talmud, says, what was the smell that wafted in? It was the smell of an apple orchard. Mm. And the Vilna Gon says something amazing. He says, this story took place on Rosh Hashanah. And not only does it take place on Rosh Hashanah, but we recreate it every year on our Rosh Hashanah. Every year on Rosh Hashanah, we come in hoping to get blessings from God, hoping to get this bounty and this sweet new year from God. But we're all wearing garments that do not belong to us. We're all wearing, much like Jacob in that story, the garments of Esav. We're wearing those furry hunting garments, those garments that we accrue over the course of a year, the garments that hide our true wants, our true spiritual needs and yearnings. And what God says, and he looks at us when we come before him on Rosh Hashanah, is he smells, so to speak, that apple orchard. He smells that inner desire, that inner yearning, and that inner will, and sees us as we truly want to be seen. The joy of Rosh Hashanah, the reason why Rosh Hashanah is not a day of sadness, but a day of joy, of sweetness, of simcha, of happiness, is because we come before God with all of the garments that we accrue over the year, and we come before God, and God sees past that superficial husk. 
He sees past the garments and he smells that apple orchard. He smells that inner desire, those inner yearnings that we all have to start the year with freshness, with joy, and with optimism. And that's why we take that apple every year and we dip it into honey. Because we want to remind God and remind ourselves ultimately that we shouldn't confuse our outer garments with our inner desires. And God, loving us and every one of the Jewish people and the world, looks past outer deception and he looks inside and he smells that apple orchard, those inner yearnings for a sweet new year of blessings, a new slate to see us as we know we want to be seen. Rabbeinu, as always, you have given us so much to think about and today to feel about Thank you so much, and Gmar Tivava Khatimatova to you and your family. A happy, healthy new year to you, to all of our listeners, to the Jewish people and the entire world. Thank you so much for having me. Amen Sella. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Take One.